Latin Equity is a podcast dedicated to understanding the newest research and reports on issues impacting Latinos in education and the workplace. Our mission is to disseminate evidence-based microlearning content that advances the status of Latinos in the U.S. Bienvenidos. Hello, mi gente. I'm Angel Luis Vélez, founder of Latin Equity Podcast. I'm excited to get this fiesta started. Uh, today, this is the podcast number three. Uh, we are actually bringing back culturally relevant practices uh, for the entire month of June. Um, we are featuring today again Dr. Gabriel Cortez. In the last episode, he shared some great information about the general knowledge about and definitions of culturally responsive practices. Uh, so we wanted to bring him back to give us a little bit more more information about the practices on the ground level that he does with his students in his own professional life as a professor. Uh, so um, basically I wanted to bring this back to uh, deepen our knowledge on cultural relevant practices. There's so much information that we can tease out out of these topics. Uh, and as I said in the past podcast, Uh, cultural relevant practices have continued to evolve, right? And right now, right now we have culturally relevant um, pedagogy. We have culturally relevant evaluation. Uh, so now, you know, it's getting to other fields that it wasn't before. So we wanted to kind of highlight some of these new approaches happening in the field. Uh, so we just wanted to have a deeper grasp of what culturally relevant practice is about. Uh, so today we are again delving into this issue from a practitioner's lens and we brought Dr. Gabriel Cortez uh, to help us deep this understanding. Uh, before I continue, I actually want to um, be in solidarity with black people uh, currently in this country in their quest for uh, a more humane life and experience and 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 put a stop to the injustices happening in the country, uh, racial injustices. Uh, but this conversation uh, is pertinent to race and racism in this country, uh, which often leads to deficit-based views of black communities and other racialized communities of color. Uh, so I hope that we can bridge the conversation together because I think it is important that these deficit views of communities of color have a, a, a history, right? and that we can tease them out and bring them to uh, cultural relevant practices. So uh, we have here, Dr. Gabriel Cortez, uh, what up? Hey Angel, how you doing man? Thank you for, for having me back and, uh, and, and starting up this uh, podcast. I think it's a great idea uh, and I know it's going to be successful. So, you know, to reach out to new people. I'll do the same thing what you, what you did. Uh, I want to just give time to say, uh, you know, I'm 100% behind Black Lives Matter. It's definitely for Latinos and non-black folks to be behind this. It's about social justice. And I also want to just bring up a, a, an issue of the anti-blackness that exists in the Latinx community. Uh, of course, it's not everyone, but it does exist. It's real. 
and it's, it's very complicated, right? And uh, uh, right now in Chicago, there's some areas where where Mexican neighbors were being looted uh, today and yesterday. So it's still going on, and and, the, and you know it's okay. You know, of course, if you're being a, you know robbed, you know, attacked, it's okay to get you know. Of course, you're gonna get upset. But saying the N word and just saying some very anti-black, and now you know some some people are just uh, attacking po- folks for just being black, not not so much people. Right. So it's a lot of emotions, uh, uh, rage, and, and and we we gotta find spaces to to heal and and and, and, and bring together these two communities. So but yeah, well said, well said, well said, and I think we we're on the same page. We're in solidarity. Me as an Afro Latino. And I want to give it some time to to pay homage to the black struggle and their continued efforts for their humanity. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to monitor this and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, say those kind words <clears throat> in solidarity. Um, just to uh, to start about this idea of culturally relevant practice, I actually wanted to bring you back, uh, you know, and Really, I wanted to find out more about and, and tell the public more about your educational background, your ethnic background, um, and your current work. All right, cool. How much time we have? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We'll be here for like an hour. No, no. But uh, so, you know, me born and raised uh, in the city of Chicago in the neighborhood of, of West Ham. Uh, you know, uh, my parents are from Mexico. They migrated, um, you know, from northern Mexico to Chicago in the, in, in the late 50s. So me, I have two older brothers, my sister, we were born and raised in Chicago and grew up, you know, with Puerto Ricans, Italians, uh, Ukrainian, Eastern European, and Southern whites, right? And then on the other side of the, of the train tracks was the black community, because as you know, in Chicago, anti-blackness is big. And, you know, and so I grew up in that type of setting, uh, uh, you know, working class immigrant uh, uh, neighborhood. And, um, you, know, gang, you know, I grew up, you know, having gangs, you know, every other three blocks with a different section, violence, uh, both domestically and um, domestic and uh, in community violence, right? Uh, police uh, brutality, right? Uh, you know, and all of that. Lack of resources. Uh, you, know, I, you know, luckily for me, the schools I went to were decent. They were good. They weren't great, but they weren't uh, bad either, right? So, so public schools, I went to Chicago Public Schools from, you know, graduated from uh, Prosser Vocational High School and ended up going to uh, uh, University of Illinois, Brandon Champaign, where I earned my, uh, my bachelor's in, in history, U.S. Latin American history. And then I continued and earned my, my master's degree and my, my doctoral degree in educational policy studies. So what I do now, that was back in 2008, uh, I'm an associate professor. Um, the Educational Leadership uh, Program at Northeastern Illinois University. And I'm also the director of the Enlace uh, Leadership Institute, which is a higher education uh, master's program at Northeastern Illinois as well. So, so that's what I do uh, in terms of my approach. You know, being from the community, being, you know, a son of uh, immigrant uh, parents, uh, growing up in the working class, you know, you know, you know uh, folks who, who are a bit, this, uh, not even a bit, but d- disenfranchised, right? A different reality. You know, growing up, I didn't really know anybody who went to college. So, so when I went to college to, to a university, it was a big thing for me because I really had no one to go to in terms of, of advice, right? So, as an educator, right, me being an educator now, I, I understand, you know, 
why education is so important because we have to build, right? And we have to use scaffolds to reach people. You know, there has to be a connection in order for, for, for you, in my case, like when I got there, I was lost, even though I was ranked green in, in, in my high school, you know, in terms of, of performance, but, uh, and, and mind you, it was a vocational high school. I didn't know what that meant until I went to U of I. Right. It's not a college prep program. Like, oh, okay. Right. So, so all these skills, uh, taking notes, preparing for tests, talking to professors, you know, I didn't know any of that. And um, luckily they had a, a cultural center called Lati uh, the, the Latino Cultural, uh, was it? I guess a cultural Latina cultural center at U of I where, that, where I gravitated to because, you know, U of I, you know, it's a big culture shock, predominantly white, uh, you know, different types of people and stuff. And um, when I went to the, the cultural center, I met a lot of people who were, you know, who looked like me, like the, like the same kind of music, you know, Latinos, right? And, and we supported each other, right? And then I met older students who, who you know, who took me under their wing and basically, like, again, showed me the ropes of how to survive, right? So taking that experience, you know, I, I, I took that as, as part of my philosophy. You know, we need, as educators, we need to be supportive. We can do it. It's just a matter of showing people how to do it, right? Because, uh, you know, earning a degree is not so much how much you learn. Learning a degree is <laughs> navigate the system because <laughs> there's a lot of paperwork right a lot of paperwork that needs to be done uh, you know submitted submitted the right way at the right time uh some other people got you know you know uh, signing off on it so it's just all this paperwork that really is, uh plays a big uh, um it, it can be a huge obstacle in earning our degrees right so all of that combined you know i, I come to the classroom i, I teach uh, i prepare school principals that's what I do uh, as, a, as an associate professor. So all my students are, are teachers, or and some of them are counselors, and some of them are social workers, and they're, uh, they're getting their master's degree in educational leadership in the principal endorsement program so they can become eligible to become principals, right? And it could be anywhere in the state of Illinois. So it could be a private school, it could be Catholic school, independent school, public school. So, so that applies for, for the whole state. So in my case, because I were up north in Chicago, I have, uh, I've had for sure over 200 students, a good number who are principals now, assistant principals. Uh, my, my, my student body is predominantly white. Uh, in the last maybe six years, I've been getting a good number of Latinos, maybe like three or four to a class. And, and uh, in terms of uh, um, black representation, like, like it's very minimal. You know, sometimes I'll get like one. Uh, it's, it's, you know, sometimes I have none, right? But that's the, the, the group, the, the demographics in terms of, of my students, right, when, when I teach. Right. So how does that look like you uh, teaching predominantly white students uh, <laughs> to be uh, anti-deficit, right, to teach them about cultural relevant practices? How does that look like for you? And what are maybe some of the challenges that you see and some of the opportunities? Well, you know, when I first came in, and this is, you know, like, 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 first of all, I'm an educator. I love being an educator. You know, that, that's why I, 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 you know, that's how I identify myself because it's about learning and creating spaces to learn, you know, and, and, uh, and folks, like sometimes people like to debate uh, ideas or, or prove someone wrong and stuff, and stuff like that. I have a different approach to that, right? You know, learning, like if, if I'm the instructor in the class, I have to check my ego at the door, you know what I'm saying? And, and learn because, you know, you know, as Paulo Freire said, you know, we learn from each other, right? I'm, I'm the teacher, but I'm also the student because I need to, you know, uh, see the student as the teacher as well. We're, you know, we're going back 
back and forth and it's reciprocal. So when we talk about culturally relevant pedagogy, right, we talk about uh, meeting students where they're at, right, understanding where, you know, their social, social economic background, their history, the communities they're from, right, and how they identify and connect with that. And so when I came in my first year, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a social justice advocate, you know, educator in that aspect. Uh, and I threw everything at them. You know, I was, I was so excited to share my insight with my students. And then, I, but I realized that after a while, there was like really no discussion. And, I, and I started to realize that, that not everyone agreed to this, right? And, and then, I, and then I, you know, I started, I started kind of like um, trying to do different um Use, uh, different tools to in the classroom to have them engage and share their insights and create a, a, a safe brave space right where people can share and, and it took me a while because uh, at first I talked a lot and, and second I gave them a lot of heavy information yeah, everything pertains to education too so it wasn't like outside the you know the, 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 the paradigm of, of, of the class but what I realized I was like you know what? I told myself okay cool this is the first time for many of my students that they're actually having this discussion in an organized space, right, like a classroom. I go, I've been reading and talking about this for the last 20 years, <laughs> right? So I was like, okay, you got to slow down. Because for me, I'm not here to indoctrinate anyone. You know, it's, it's not about indoctrination. It's not about saying this is what I, I know and, and, and you need to repeat this and get an A in this course. Not enough because then we're doing the ex exact opposite of liberatory education. You know what I'm saying? So it was challenging for me because, yeah, you know, these are predominantly white students, um, at times, I was like, man, you know, I wish I had more students of color, but a, a, a great number of my students actually work in schools of, uh, you know, filled with, with, with our students of color. See, you know what I'm saying? So there's that, that connection. And if you look at the numbers, like the, the, the majority of our, our principals overall is, is, is Piami White, you know? So, so, so I was looking at that. So my angle was, okay, cool. You know, this is a culturally relevant pedagogy. So let me meet them where they're at, right? You know, I'm an, I'm an expert in, in, in urban education. Uh, that's what, what, what my dissertation was on, you know, Latino politics and, uh, and uh, uh, advocacy for in, in public school policy. And, and I was like, so I started to be intentional in asking them questions about, about you know, their, their experiences, where, where they work, uh, and what are their issues, right? And I've learned so much from them, right? And, and, and again, because in the beginning, I was excited to share my insight to them, but I forgot to invite them to share their insight for so I learn from them. You see what I'm saying? And part of it is because it was a predominantly white group, because usually when we're talking about culture rather than pedagogy, we're talking about students of color. You know what I mean? So that wasn't even in, you know, in my mindset, but it clicked. So once I started learning more about, okay, where are some struggles, some concerns, some issues, and... I was like, cool, okay, I didn't know that. You know, I, I thank you for sharing. I would, I would try to look for, for readings that, that were more relevant to, you know, to them. And so I have to learn from that as well. And then um, after a few years, now that when I get a class, a new class, and we start, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I let them know how much I know about their environments, I can see they're more comfortable now. Like, oh, oh this guy, you know, he knows a little bit about what we're going through. That's pretty cool. And what I do is um, my approach is, 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 is um, cause when, you know, when you're talking about social justice, you know, and, and this is not a social justice program. This is a, a principal endorsement program, right? So folks aren't here to talk about, you know, let's make the, the world, you know, uh, 
you know, the world better. Let's make this another world that's possible. They're not coming with that agenda, right? They're coming like, I'm, I'm trying to get this degree. I want to be a better principal. And the majority of folks, right, um, are, are pretty much uh, the status quo, right? You have a few who come in. They, they have that social justice background. They, you know, they know the, the, the jargon. They know the language. But that's not the majority of my students, right? So for me, I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not preaching to the, to the choir now, right? So I, I took it upon myself, okay, if we're going to get the best out of myself, because I'm not here to convince anyone of anything. I'm here to expose you to different ways of, of thinking and, and experiences and ways of, of, of doing schooling for certain populations, right, that have worked. So a lot of my readings that I have them do are historical. It's not philosophical, because when it's philosophical, people get to debate, right? Well, this is, why this is my interpretation, it's my interpretation. Whereas it's historical, this is what happened, right? And this is how it was recorded, and, and you really, like, there's not much you can really... You present the evidence, basically. Right, present uh, the evidence of, of inequalities of people. And what I did, you know, I'm very intentional of, of uh, bringing in uh, uh, readings uh, uh, that represent Black and Latino communities and how they advocate, right? And the, and the politics and stuff, and, and it's uh, advocate for education, excuse me, and, and it's relevant to them because they're school, they want to be school principals, and we're talking about how black and Latinos uh, advocate for schools, right? And, and these are stories that were recorded, uh, put into scholarship, right? So, and I tell them, well, this is just one story, and this is, uh, these are successful stories, but there are so many more that, that you don't hear about them because they're not organized. These communities are not organized, they're disenfranchised, right? And they tell me their stories, right? Once they see that, they're like, you know what? I see that in my community, blah, blah. So I feel like in terms of the, the cultural relevant pedagogy in the class, I have them, um, I teach the, the community relations class and I teach uh, um, the research methods and education class. So for the community relations class, I have them assess their community, right? I have them uh, assess where are the resources, where are the issues, uh, interview parents. Uh, I do I have them do an extensive uh, uh, assessment. It's like like a like a map assessment or uh, not similar, but but it's not. Uh, we use a map. We just use like like um, just different things. Like uh, we do, we have them look up like the uh, um, the minutes of their last board meeting. Uh, then we have them do the demographics. We have them do uh, um, the big pieces like the partnerships that they have uh, on site, partnerships they have off site, and then uh, we have them look at um and uh, issues, concern, pressing concerns in the, com in the external community, which is outside the school, and the, and the internal community, and then I have them subjectively uh, identify that. Tom, look, whatever you feel is, is a pressing issue, it's, it's legit. And then I have them uh, identify resources, uh, you know, available to help people, you know, respond to those, to those uh, uh, issues, right? And, uh, you know, and I have other things as well. But using that, that uh, assessment, people were like, wow, I never knew this about my, about my community. I didn't know we had these resources. I'm like, yeah, that's what you need to know. I go, when you go, like when you become a principal at a new school, like that's the first thing you should do is assess the community. So when issues come up, you, you know where to refer folks to or even, or even build a partnership with, you know, with these organizations, right? So, so that's one thing that we do. Um, and, and the other piece with... Um, with the research methods class, I actually have them do, do a participatory action research design uh, uh, um, method, right? You know, for the research, and they what they do is they survey folks in their school to pick an, uh, uh, an issue that's pressing out, and I always uh, encourage them to press on, uh, pick something that's pressing. Don't just pick any subject, right? 
and uh, they're going to do two data uh, methods of uh, data collection. The first one is a survey, and the second one could be either interview, um, an observation, or, or, or have a participant do a log entry. Get their insight, right? You have your question, you do, you do all the stuff, right? Methodology, all that stuff. And when you get the results and findings, based on that, you're going you're gonna to design a, uh, a professional development workshop based on, on the pressing issue that you cover. So that's where the action comes in, right? Where it's kind of like uh, you're getting uh, input from your, their peers or students or both. And then in the end, instead of just bringing the paper and say, look, I got an A, you know, you, got all, you spelled all the words correctly, right? Instead of just doing that, I'm like, no, 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 let's, let's put this into action. Now, now, now how are you going to resolve this, you know, as a school leader? And they, they put together a, a, a PD, a, a workshop, right? Uh, I review it, you know, to get an A and stuff. And, and to my surprise, because, you know, I encourage them, but a good number of students, after they take my class, they, they email me later and they'll say, hey, Dr. Cortez, like, I actually took your PD design that, that, uh, that I did for your class, and, and I did it for my, for my peers, my, my teachers at my school. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, you know, like, like, every time I hear that from one of my students, you know, I feel the love, because it's just like, that was my whole, you know, intention was to, to make Implement, that, yeah. Implement it, but to make, to yeah. take what we experience in class and to influence and transform the world. Right. And that's the whole philosophy of Pablo Freire, like how do we transform the world? So, so that's kind of some of the stuff that, that's my approach, right? In, uh, in, in my so what, what do you see like some of the, right? Because people's growth is uneven, right? People grow at different paces. Some people might be resistant to uh, issues of communities of color, right? Even though many of them will eventually work in spaces where uh, communities of color are the majority, right? Uh, because we are very segregated, as you said, right? Chicago and suburbs, uh, very segregated spaces. Um, you know, what what do you see in terms of like the growth from some of the students or you think they go in saying, hey, I'm just going to go in and teach white students in the suburbs, right? Versus, hey, I, I will be in the city and this is the population I will be working with. What, what do you see usually in terms of their comments, their reactions? Of, uh, of, of, of teachers who work in different settings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it is it's it is a variety. So so for me, you know, um, I always felt that to connect with people, you know, to have some type of, um, you know, connection, like, okay, he gets it. I, I see. Um, when, when, when I learn from my students who work in predominantly white affluent schools, and they tell me that, you know what, you know, the stress factor is high. It, you know, that's very common. They'll tell you there's a lot of pressure from parents to um, for them to perform. And uh, I had one student tell me she and she actually um, this is for Walter Payton High School, and, and she said um, she's like you know the nurse told me that that about like like forty percent of the AP students are on meds for anxiety because they're so stressed to perform right because Walter Payton High School is number one high school in the, in the state. Right. So I was like, why? Like, that's crazy. Right. And then we have discussions with, you know, with other schools. I had another student tell me uh, this uh, in Lake County. I forget what high school, but it was two of them. It was a, a, a married couple. They, they were in the class together and they were like, yeah, in our school, we're counselors and and we're told to not send our students to anything less than a four year institution because uh, we're a high performing high school. And, and, and uh, we don't want to uh, lower our reputation, 
right? So they're like, so they talk, they, you know, we're, we're speak, talking with the class and they're like, you know, we know this student's going to come back after one year because we see it. We see, you know, the students that we know are going to come back, they come back because we know they're not ready. But our school pressures us to like, no, 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 only send them to four year institutions, right? So that, I'm like, that's jacked up. That's really messed up, you know? And it's that pressure. And, 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 and from what they tell me, it goes back to the pressure of, of high, you know, the schools having a high performance rate to keep up the, the, the property values in, in the area. I mean, it's crazy, right? So I'm learning this from my students. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and that's that's interesting that you say that, right? Because we're, you're talking about these high-performing schools tend to be, you know, these selective enrollment schools in CPS, right? Chicago Public Schools, they tend to be some of the top schools in the country as well, right? Public schools in the country. Uh, how does that look like when you try, you're trying to keep a balance, right, between – uh, keeping the performance and being culturally relevant, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and I know some people try to make that into a conflict, but uh, those things actually go along with each other, right? They can go along with each other. Uh, tell me, what have you seen about that? About Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, that's a whole, how is it? Like, um, let me just say something real quick. What I was going to say before you asked that question was, uh, the, the, so when I learned that about, about the, the suburbs and fluent areas, then, then I make the connection of stress, right? I make the connection of, of uh, self-care, right, and collective care to, to, to like, the urban uh, schools, right? And that's one thing that we have in common, obviously. Right. Your, your students need this, right? It doesn't matter the background and you know, all this stuff. Although when people talk about restorative justice, it's not just for black and brown kids. It should be for everyone, you know? And everybody agrees. They're like, yes, they're like, I've been, you know, some students say, I've been saying that people feel we don't need it in our school. I was like, no, like it, it actually uh, builds character, right? And, and, and community. But to answer your, your, your question in terms of, uh, you can still perform and use a, a, a culturally relevant pedagogy. So the first thing I want, I'll say about that is like, scholars, you know, when I was in grad school, uh, I didn't like a lot of my, 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 well, actually, I had a family of, of, of peer uh, scholars as, as grad students, but, but there were some that just irked me, right? And the reason is because, like, you know, graduate students, they, 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 they want to be right, come correct, right? And I'm just like, that's <laughs> nice. 20 books, that's nice, bro, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> some of the, you know, excerpts, that's nice. But it's like, but we all have something to say. We all have experiences, and that's legit as well. And we, and, and you know, this world is, is so diverse that that you know we're, we learn every day. You know, don't come at me like you know, know about it. You know what I'm saying? And the reason I say that is because because when you go to the practitioners, these are the teachers now. These are the teachers. You know, we, we, and we're talking about pedagogy, cultural relevant pedagogy. You know, all this stuff, good stuff, and it's great stuff. Don't get me wrong. And and the teacher, I, I asked the teachers, how many of you raise your hand? How many of you actually see the word pedagogy at work? No one, right? <laughs> no one. They're, they're like, nah, we don't. Hey, but we're in grad school. Everybody's like pedagogy, bro. You don't know about pedagogy. Come on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, so it's funny. You know, you know. After a few, you know, after a few years, I saw that. I'm like, wow, this is very constant. So we don't even use it. Like, like the, the that language is not used in, in the field. Mm. I'm saying it's you know. So, but, but what you do see is this: you, you do have people who do do. Uh, culturally relevant pedagogy, they just don't name it that. You know, they'll just say, you know what, oh, I, I was able to find some children's books with, with, with their uh, culture. 
you know, about their culture. You know, you know, I found like like I love talking with my students because because um they gave me great resources. I had this one student who was a second grade teacher, and she was like, you know, I found this website, and they have children's stories from from all countries from all over the world. They're representing that they take uh, stories from their traditions. She's like, and, you know, she, she teaches at a school that's very diverse. And she's like, so I have a story for all of my students. I'm like, that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So you do have that uh, when, when we talk about it. But we also have uh, other teachers who really, because, um, you know, the schools are run by policies. There's a common core, right? Mm -hmm. it's, and, 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 uh, you know, everybody has a different approach of what standards are, right? For me, standards are interpreted. It's up for interpretation. You could still, me and you could teach the same cl class with the same standards. There'll be two different courses. You know what I'm saying? Because we interpret it, you know, and then we're not doing it wrong. We're still doing it according to the standards, but, but we interpret them differently. So so sometimes I'll get pushed back. And, and, and you know, when we talk about culturally relevant pedagogy, I get pushed back because people don't know what that means. They're like, what's, you know, what do you do? Like, they're like, in English, it's easy to use because you can use stories from people's cultures, right? And I'm like, yeah, but you could take people's situation. Culture is not like, oh, I'm from Mexico. I'm going to learn about Mexico. Culture is about the life I'm living today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what's relevant to me. And, and, uh, and I had one student, you know, he, he, he said, um, he's like, well, I teach many Latinos, you know, and I teach biology. What, what am I going to, no, I teach science, chemistry. I teach chemistry, but we're going to study coronas. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I told him, oh, you did not just say that in my classroom. <laughs> Is that being racist? I go, no, that's being limited in your thinking because there's so much you can do. I go, have you heard about botonicas? And he's like, what's that? Now, botany stores, you know, that's so, uh, herbal uh, medicine, ancient medicine, and you could have them study that. There's a, there's a few in my community. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So some, so some people, there, there's, you know, and going back to the scaffolding and, and the bridges, right? And, and this is going back to Vygotsky, right? Where he talks about the scaffolding, like, you know, if you, build the, if you don't put the building blocks, there's no connection, there's no learning taking place. So, of course, you know, I could have been real mad, but like, yeah, it's racist as hell, right? But I was just like, no, you know what? You're limiting your thinking because he's still a teacher. You know use it as a learning experience. Right, right, right. I'm like, you know, and I want him to learn. I want him to learn teaching students, you know, Latino students. So, so I was just like, no, 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 let's, let's look at other examples. And then, you know, so you have that. Then you have other teachers. I had a teacher who, you know, I was encouraging her to de design a curriculum because I was teaching an instructional leadership class at this time. And, and, and I was encouraging her to be innovative. I go, look, you know, bring some new ideas, you know, look at your student population and see what, what, what you think. And she was like, no, 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 I can't change it. I have to teach it in this way. So I was just like, well, how many units are, are is in this curriculum that's given to you? And she says, there's 17. How, and how many do you cover? She's like, well, I cover about 12. I'm like, well, look, you know, already off the bat, you know, I'm not covering everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was trying to, like, ease it, but she kept getting frustrated and I was just like, well, I had to like back off because I didn't want to push, like, you know, force her. But, but like, and, that, and to me, that was something more personal for her. I guess some people are more uh, frugal or more, more strict, right? Like in how they like things to be perfect. So in her mind, this is the way they want it. And this is the way I'm going to teach it. So there's no room for me to change it up to do cultural re relevant pedagogy. So you see, and it wasn't like she hated it. It was just more like, no, this was, 
what well, this is the script I'm giving, and as a good teacher that I, I want to be, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, deliver it to my students, right? So you see that. So um, what I do, I, I, again, I don't try to force anybody to change a certain way. I just want to expose them so other students were able to do great jobs of, of you know, being innovative, and we shared it. So the, the hope for me is when we share it, you know, students like her will see that, oh, wow, that was pretty nice, you know, and it's still right under the standard. So, you know, that's how I build community, right? You know, we share with one another, oh, you know, how does this work over here and with the project. So, so I do get that from uh, when, when people talk about culturally relevant pedagogy, they freak out, they don't know what it is. Uh, uh, students of color or educators of color that know it or, or, or who have a background in social justice advocacy. And, um, you know, and, and another key component is uh, if you don't have a principal who supports you in that, right. because you do get evaluated, right? Mm-hmm. Teachers get evaluated by their principals. And uh, if they don't support that, right, it, it's a little hard to do as well. So there's so many factors, right, on how to support culturally relevant pedagogy. Uh, some people, like, like, they haven't said it, but, uh, but I always say, like, you know, if you, if you change the curriculum, uh, make it more relevant to students' lives, you are not lowering the expectations. You're just meeting students where they're at so they can mm-hmm. meet expectations, right? Now I always have to say that because usually, like, my students, they're, they're not going to – a lot of them hold back, right, in terms of, of their comments. I, I try to create that space. But, but, but in, there's a general sense that if you change it up for students of color, that what you're doing is you're giving people freebies. And I'm like, no, you know, so I just beat them to the punch. I go, look, we're not giving anybody freebies. I go, we still expect them to perform well. It's just that we need to make sure we connect with them. And this is the material that you're, you're presenting to them and affirming with them. So that's kind of like my approach with that. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and there have been some people that have been doing a lot of great work. Like you mentioned chemistry, right? Uh, but also, you know, in STEM fields, right? I, using, for example, hip-hop as a way of, you know, teaching and learning, right? Uh, something that students can relate to, but also using something like, hey, uh, you know, tell me about, write a song about something happening in your communities or like flowers or like trees, right? Tell, and it links it to their lived experiences, right? Damn. Uh, so I, I think it's important that, you know, the work that you're doing uh, you know, do you want to give any final thoughts, uh, you know, maybe closing remarks? We don't want this interview to go for two hours, right? <laughs> it, could, it could go, it could go. But yeah, you know what? So that, that this is, and this is very important because since we're talking about cultural relevant pedagogy, um, those of you who, who are advocate for it, advocate for it and talk about it, always leave behind some tools, some tangible tools to audiences because a lot of times we get caught up in the theory of it, in the methods of it, right? But we don't necessarily provide examples of, of what they are because a lot of people come back to me and they're saying, you know what, I need an example. I went to a conference and they were talking about the whole, you know, cultural relevant pedagogy, but, but I don't know how, how to apply it, right? So one example real quick, uh, when I taught uh, FYE, first year experience for freshmen at Northeastern Illinois University, I designed a, a, a cultural relevant pedagogy uh, a, a project um, where they had to identify their, with their ethnic group, identify the, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me go back, but where they had to interview somebody in their family to talk about the first person in their family to migrate to the city of Chicago, right? Mm. 
so much from outside from another country, but just like from outside of Chicago, they came from Texas or, or wherever, right? And then I, and, and then record that history, right? Because that's relevant to them. That's that's their personal identity. And then they had to look up uh, the ethnic group they identify with, and look up the history of that of that ethnic group and its migration to the city of Chicago. So they're learning about themselves. They're taking notes. They're they're writing, and now they're learning how to cite. Because I take a lot of time teaching them how to cite because they don't know how to cite. A lot of them do not know how to cite properly, right? So like APA formatting. APA oh, oh, uh, okay. formatting. Yes, yeah. The sources. Excuse me. Thank you. And like, like I remember one time, like a quarter of my class when they submitted their paper, the references were, were there was all web web, web links, <laughs> right? And it was more about a quarter. So uh, to me, well, that's a phenomenon. That's not just like all right. You know. <laughs> what I did, I was just like, okay, we're gonna. We're, I'm going to reserve the computer lab, and we're going to do this together. I want to make sure you get it right. But the second part of that um, of that paper was about their school, their high school. And I asked them to look up the demographics of the, of the school because it's available. So I was teaching them how, how to look for information, break it down, and stuff like that. Then I asked them to identify two uh, concerns that impeded the learning environment in their high school. And to be uh, a resource for each concern that they would use to address to, to respond to that concern, and and some students told me they're like, no, this is really cool. I, like this is making me uh, think like an adult. And I was like, what do you mean? Because they're like, like I knew this existed, but I never thought about what I would do to fix it. I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. You're in college now. Like now, <laughs> how can you transform this? Right. So so it's very simple. Uh, Cultural relevant pedagogy is not uh, magic. It's just really connecting with students, giving giving them a challenge, right? To uh, analyze something, you know, look, look thoroughly through, uh, through something, and, and come up with with a you know with a result or or, or new knowledge, you know. So. All right. Well, we heard it from Dr. Cortez. You know, we would like to thank him so much here, Latin Equity. This is the second time he comes in, <laughs> and we look forward to continue inviting him through as much as possible. I know he's a very busy person, so uh, we would like to thank him for his time and giving us some knowledge. I'm just here just asking questions. He's just spitting out some some gold. So, uh, hey, I can, I can talk about whatever, bro. So let me know. Let me know when you're down again. All right. Thank you so much. Shy time representing here. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Uh, you too.